You're listening to locally produced programming created in KUNV Studios on public radio, KUNV 91.5. Hi, I'm Charles Stanton. I'm on the faculty of the Honors College at UNLV and the Boyd School of Law. Are you ready? I'm Lana Weatherald. I'm a third-year law student. And welcome to Social Justice. Social Justice, a conversation. A conversation. Hello and happy Thursday. Thank you once again for returning to Social Justice, a conversation. I am a third-year law student named Lana Weatherald who goes to the Boyd School of Law in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm joined alongside Professor Charles Stanton, who is a professor at the Boyd School of Law here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, but also teaches at UNLV's Honors College. We're happy to bring you another great show today with a bunch of varying topics, hopefully topical and recent. And with that, I'll let the professor take it away. Yeah, Thank you, Lana. Uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, so we wanted to get the program started today with uh, uh, a sort of like a sports uh, st- story having to do with uh, uh, Ms. Hamby, who is uh, or was a uh, star for the Las Vegas Aces and uh, now has been traded to... Uh, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Sparks uh, basketball team. And a very interesting article in USA Today about the whole situation, uh, why she was traded and why uh, the Aces didn't, do not want to or uh, have anything more to do with her is the fact that she's, uh, she's carrying a baby. And the uh, uh, position of the uh, 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 team, apparently from what, from what she says, is she was told that uh, her act of, uh, uh, you know, Carrying the child was a betrayal to the team uh, after uh, after they signed the contract with with her. So so my question is that uh, uh, if uh, uh, she signed the contract and she was not pregnant and she became pregnant uh, sometime after the contract was signed, uh, was that a betrayal to the team as well? Or now that she's been traded, did you as uh, an organization? Uh, tell the uh, Los Angeles team that she was pregnant um, before you traded her, so that they knew about it. Um, I think it's. I think if 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 what she says is true, I think it's kind of appalling. In fact, that uh, a woman's you know we're back again to a woman's right to choose and a woman's body and all the rest of those essential issues. But uh, I've never heard of. Uh, somebody bringing life into the world and considering it a betrayal. Right. You know, uh, what I was saying to the professor on this end is sort of um, something you notice with the WNBA. Um, and the NBA has become this way, but the, the idea of a superstar league and the idea that um, you sort of have a few key players sort of holding the whole mm-hmm. thing together. And the Las Vegas Aces, you know, they were champions. And so yeah. this was a team that it got a lot of media attention in the past year and sort of brought the WNBA to light in a way that it hadn't been previously. Mm-hmm. And these girls were, you know, these well, these women were they were really really uh, sort of charismatic and they caught the eye and the attention of you know ESPN and ABC and all these you know big sports media markets so you see it now where you don't want to have sort of the traction of these superstars the traction of these people that are making the sport more popular um, be be stopped you know stopped in its tracks and that's what's happening here um you know what I was saying to the professors, you see it sort of with Candace Parker, who she was the star of the WNBA, like we're talking about here, brought light, brought media attention to the WNBA that hadn't previously been seen. And she's still working still to this day. I mean, years after her sports career has ended, she is still constantly on TV, constantly promoting the brand. And whether that's her choice or not, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly a thing that you're seeing is that mm-hmm. these superstars, you know, do not 
these WNBA superstars in particular sort of do not get to walk away and they do not get to have their own lives because they're held so so, so tight and held so close and they're mm-hmm. so important to, mm-hmm. you know, building the brand that has suffered so long. And and I mm-hmm. think that's sort of what's at play here is uh, it's a superstar league, the WNBA, mm-hmm. much like the NBA, and they don't want to see the superstars, especially off a championship squad, mm-hmm. um, not there or finding something that's more important than basketball, which mm-hmm. I'm sure she believes motherhood to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be... It, it, I understand now that the league is investigating this. Awesome! Wow. So uh, it would be it would be interesting in, in the in the uh, uh, under the rubric of uh, everybody deserves their uh, ability to uh, respond. It would be interesting to, to to see what the people who run the aces, particularly the coach and the general manager, as to how this all played out, because something obviously went off the tracks here. Uh, but I agree completely with what you say, Lana, because it is a superstar league and they're really in a kind of competition which is uh, like Prometheus trying to carry around the world right. with the NBA, where right. the NBA has so many I mean, so in the, many right, stars. internationally, internationally, right. Internationally, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so that's how we begin our program and um, we, uh, we're going to sort of... Uh, take a jump from that into politics, uh, uh, having to do with uh, lost documents and missing documents and documents that appear like uh, uh, out of Aladdin's lamp. Right. Uh, with, it's like, who stole the next set of documents? <laughs> who are we going to hear stole more documents? Yeah. Who's next? Well, it, 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 it's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating because, um, you know, originally this, this all started with President Trump. And um, I, think it's, I, think it, I think it's fair I think most people would say it's fair to differentiate uh, his uh, possession and attitude toward the documents vis-a-vis uh, uh, Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden basically uh, expressed bewilderment or, or lack of knowledge or what have correct. you. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think it's interesting, to be, to, to be fair, though, that the documents were discovered uh, in, his, uh, in his environment before the midterm elections. So this was not divulged to the public, which right. might have affected the midterm, midterm elections. elections. And uh, it, it was a couple of months even after that before they were finally disclosed. So I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, can, I can give a rationale or a motivation for, for Donald Trump to have the documents, but it's kind of hard to explain one for Joe Biden. Right. Because whereas... Trump was the president and he had access to all and these documents. And then he did not, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, like, Joe Biden, what was he doing with all, with all this, this stuff? It's very, it's very odd because... Uh, and, then, and then, of course, the ultimate the icing on the cake is, uh, is uh, you know, Mike Pence. And they show up at Mike Pence's, Mike Pence's house. Now, now, how is that his office? How is that? Because Mike Pence really had... She was, he was a traditional vice president, Mike Pence. Figurehead more than he anything else. He was a figurehead. Else. He had really no say in foreign in policy anything, right. at all. And uh, what, what got me was the fact that before this, this news came out, uh, he was condemning Joe Biden, which is kind of... Which is, yeah. You know, kinda, but they're both hypocritical because yeah. they're both doing it. Yeah, they're both doing it, you know. And then I guess it was this morning that uh, 
Trump was saying that they were picking. Uh, Trump was saying that they were picking on Mike Pence. That Mike Pence is very honest, and he, he's the most honest man he ever oh, met. Geez. Well, I guess that's part. That may be partially true, since he was the guy didn't, who didn't allow you to overthrow the election. election yeah. I guess there's proof there, you know. But 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 it's kind of odd. But I think it ties in. I think it ties into the whole things, the way things are done in Washington, though. right? That everything is covered up, right? You know, I believe, I believe in you know, in in the sunlight policy. I believe that, except for, and we've discussed this previously, except for those those matters of intelligence or secrecy that have a national effect on our country. I think everything should be out in the open. Right. I think that when they have these hearings, I don't believe in these closed hearings. Right. I think people should know exactly, exactly what's going on what and who the they deal. voted for and what they're Ex- capable of. Exactly. And what the deal is. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, I think especially, especially now with all the issues we have with the Ukraine and everything. Correct. And, you know, what our, what our policy is going to be because apparently we're going to be giving them these advanced tanks now. And the advanced tanks are supposed to be a carrot to get Germany to give the Ukrainians the leopard tanks. Mm. And um, I don't see this the situation they're going away. Deescalating, I think right? It's, yeah. I, th- I think it's. I think it's. It's. It's going to grow, and you know, hopefully, not grow to an extent where you know we get involved directly in this thing. But uh, when you read about some of the. Um, uh, things that have happened vis-a-vis the bombings of some of these cities, um, it, it raises a fundamental question as to what's the role of the West and what's the role of the free world uh, in responding to it. Uh, you know, I, I just finished, finally finished this book after reading it for quite a while, uh, The Pope and the War, about what happened during the Second World War vis-a-vis the Vatican's mm-hmm. position to you know, try to help those people who were, you know, going to be victims of the Holocaust. Right. And um, it was very sobering, though. It was very sobering that they they, they basically did nothing. Uh, but not only did they not do anything to help the Jewish people in Eastern Europe, but they actually helped, worked with the Germans to identify those people who were Jewish in Rome mm-hmm. and that they were deported also. Well. So the, the essential question in the Ukraine is, at what point is it, is there a threat to the world of inaction versus the threat of a war the other way? And how do you how do you, what what point is there you need to take a very dire action because you see something that's so 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 monstrous? Right. I don't have the the answer to that. <laughs> right. There's no there maybe there. Well, and, and unfortunately, I don't believe our elected officials do either, and I don't think we have sort of a foreign policy consensus or could on how to handle that issue. So, I think um, the point the professor makes is a good one. Um, we need to view this situation as as probably one that will not de-escalate and will only get worse, and will mm-hmm. only sort of snowball on top of each other as more countries, or especially like as you mentioned, Germany decides whether or not they need to get involved, or the U.S. itself decides whether or not they get involved. Mm-hmm. I think the understanding needs to be um, that this will not be a Russian back down, no. that this will not be a, you know, a white. This is this is something that I think we're going to have to continue with for for years, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is something that's disappearing overnight. So when we consider foreign policy actions, I think they need to be long term. And I think so many of us thought that this could be a blip or something mm-hmm. over or mm-hmm. sort of instant destruction. And that's sort of not what we've seen. Um, yeah. Scary, scary thoughts, scary times. Yeah, no, it's 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 
It, well, it, it is our, it is, it's, it's, it's very political ultimately. Everything is decided, decided by politically, politics. not so much. Yeah. Based on a humanitarian, mm-hmm. based on the, you know, f- saving democracy, it's based on what's going to please a party. Um, yeah. And when we wield so much power and we wield life or death really for, for millions. Right. Um, yeah. Isn't that sad? Yeah. I, th- I think, I think it's, I think it's all over the world. You have these issues. Right. Yeah. Know? Correct. It, it's yeah. not isolated it's, to here. Maybe it seems yeah. more acute because we yeah. are so polarized yeah. and we live here, but you're yeah. right. A hundred percent. I think that uh, you know Timothy Snyder, who's uh, who's at Yale, and who's written a number of books about uh, the, the legitimacy of democracy and whether right. democracy can survive. I do believe that we're in an age now where democracy is under attack mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. a number of countries. Yes, uh, and not just here, but in Hungary and Brazil and Turkey. Oh, absolutely, all over the globe. And uh, uh, the game plan, basically, for these people. It's very similar. If you look at Trump's reaction to the election in 2020, if you look at Bonacero's reaction to the election in Brazil just right. recently. There's parallels. Uh, right. there, there are parallels there. And uh, I think worldwide, uh, uh, it's very, very hard for an idealistic person to come into these situations. A perfect example is, uh, is the woman, Ahern, who was the uh, prime minister of New Zealand. Right. And, and she she had enough. Well, and, and she was good at her job. Yes. And isn't isn't that something yeah. that we have someone, not only a woman, you know, put all of that aside yeah. about who she is, but that just is good at the job, yeah. uh, respond, yeah. responds well to tragedy, responds well to yeah. economic sort of stimuli, yeah. responds well to, I think, all of the media training that you see. She had always held herself yeah. so well and was so articulate. And she did not. She wanted nothing to do with it. No, no. Our best and our brightest, you know, yeah. people. You know, she's obviously from New Zealand, and this is not American, but I do believe yeah. this is an American problem as well. Our best and our brightest want nothing to do with politics. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah. Well, I think I think it is very hard for an idealistic person, like you say, right? To 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 be able to function uh, in a, in a, in a in a world, a political world, where basically everything is for sale. Yes. You know, yes. it reminds me of the, you know, the, the, the biblical, uh, the biblical uh, uh, warning that uh, um, uh, Christ gave, uh, Christ gave, I guess it was Lazarus, and he visits Lazarus's house, and uh, he, he talks to Lazarus, and he, he says, do you, uh, he says, do you believe in, do you believe in me? And Lazarus says, yes, and uh, he says, uh, uh, do you do good and do you help people? And he, right. sa- he says, yes, and then the third thing he says, uh well, that's that's well and good, he says. But what you need to do now is give up everything you have and follow me. And the Bible, of course, recounts that the man goes away very sad. Right. But it's very hard to keep your morality and your integrity in these situations, especially when you are. are, are it's determinative to you to get elected is money. Right. It's, it's it's raising this enormous amount of money. Yes. And you have to. I mean, the next election, it, it, it escalates every election we have, but a uh, billion, two billion, three billion dollars, whatever it is, right. to get elected. Right. And 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 you then know. you you finally do get elected, right? And then the power is not what you think. The yeah. power comes with a whole yeah. drudge of things that are completely undesirable. It comes with a sort of um, once you 
your life is out there publicly, you can't take it back and you're always going to be up for scrutiny. And I think so much of what comes with becoming a politician or becoming uh, sort of uh, someone that at least has the guise of wielding power is is you're up for you're up for public debate. And then people get to have these crazy conspiracy theories about you like I had seen about her. I had seen horrible, horrendous things about her online, like, you know, claiming she was like a lizard person type (laughs) things. I mean, really, these are the things that are out there. So I, I do I do just I think when you're a good person who's altruistic, who doesn't hold office for the purpose of power, and then you finally obtain that power and find out what what that really means, the good ones don't want it. The good ones don't want to be up for public debate yeah. or public scrutiny or subject to yeah. the the lizard people yeah, uh, no, sort no. of um, no, conspiracies, right? I, I just yeah. – I think um, – we have no longer, yeah, made it desirable to hold positions of power. And if we do, um, the kind of person that wants it and the kind of person it would be desirable for shouldn't be there in the first yeah, place. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. interesting. You know, I, I just finished the Andrew Kurtzman book on Rudy Giuliani. Mm, interesting. And that is an interesting book. He's a, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. He's a guy. I, I had met him a couple of times. Oh, really? I actually met him, you know, uh, one night I was I was walking home from work. I talked to him like 20, 25 minutes. He was, wow. He was very nice. I do believe him to be intellectual. Yeah. I, I believe him to be a smart guy. Yeah, and I met him I met him at the funeral of uh, a family I knew whose uh, brother was a police officer okay. and was killed mm. in the line. And he showed up in, in, in the line of okay. duty. And the book, is, the book is very fascinating because on the one hand, you have the cataclysm of, 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 of 9-11. Right. And the man was a leader. I mean, my God, he did for he, something unfathomable. For something unfathomable. He he went he went in my memory to innumerable funerals. He even officiated at a number of weddings for people who who had lost members in nine eleven, right. who were getting married, right. And then he gets out of uh, uh, office. He leaves office. And he had a law enforcement background and everything. Right. And then he just he, he just complete metamorphosis. Right. Into, you know, having this uh, firm that he was associated with, representing basically everybody and anybody. Everybody, yeah. And that's that, grifter almost turned into a bit of a grifter. Yeah, I mean, but it's 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 the money though. Right. Well, there it is. See, yeah. you, you you get into these positions. You need the money to get elected. You get elected. And you're always battling to keep your idealism and keep the money flowing, right? Yeah, and then you you know you leave you leave office, and especially in in Washington, uh, all the lobbying groups are after you. Yep. To represent them, so whatever you were making in um, money for, as as a congressperson or House of Representatives or senator, nominal. Now you're talking right. like compared three, to what it is now, three, right. four, five million dollars. And you're fronting for the same people that you opposed. Well, and isn't it interesting, no. you know, as uh, it's almost it's almost done wrong, right? Because as you as you age and you sort of decline and you become less capable and less, um, you know, there's less vitality there, I guess, the more money he gets. I mean, you could definitely see cognitive decline in just how he spoke mm-hmm. and how he and then he's in charge of, of sort of 
way more than he had ever been in his capacity as mayor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I that's that's what scares me is as this guy got older and less capable and became clearly just more tired and a little more out of it. I mean, this mm-hmm. guy was not speaking with the same yeah. uh, sort of tact. He was yeah. not as yeah. articulate. He was not as yeah. uh, voracious. He was just he was losing it, man. And you could tell. Uh, yeah. And then I, to give him that position, to give him that much money, to give him that much power. I'm not surprised this is how Rudy Giuliani went down. I'm yeah. not surprised that the Trump administration was allowed to take advantage of him. He was he was old and he was rich and he was tired and yeah. he thought this was his last yeah, hurrah. But yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> I, look. yeah, I I don't know. It's 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 interesting though. He was one of the people who was heavily involved in you know, the attempt to, to overturn the to election. Overturn oh, the yeah. election. And, there, and there were countless other people. But do you think that if someone told him, Rudy Giuliani in 2002, that this would be who he was in 2020, would he have believed you? Would anybody have believed you that that's who he was? Well, well I think I think that his ultimate aim was to be president. Yeah. Uh, and I think that uh, he believed after 9-11, he would be able to launch onto that presidential bid, just like uh, uh, Ulysses Grant did after the Civil War, or George Custer wanted to do, except he was killed at the Little Bighorn. Right. But uh, I think that uh, politics is corruptive. I worked in politics, and uh, I think there were clearly things that he knew were wrong. Right. I mean, and like so many who worked in the past administration, uh, it's too late to be to writing be right. they're, yeah. they're, to be writing these books. Right. Everybody's got a book out, but the time to act is when the thing well, is Well, and how can you, I think there does come a, a point of no return for a lot of these folks, mm-hmm. right? You can't have doubled or tripled down on a sort of a way of thinking or a belief or a, a, a moment or a choice for so long when you're doubling and tripling down on these things. How do you walk it back? How do you mm. say, well, actually, this was pretty bad. I shouldn't have done that. I, yeah. I shouldn't have been there. This wasn't me. You can't. I mean, you yeah. can't. So then yeah. it, it becomes sort of sort of like a, a pit. They're digging themselves deeper and yeah. deeper into this hole of lies and treachery and eventually treason. Uh, so yeah. I, 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 yeah, you see how it happens. But man, oh, man, for my have the mighty fallen with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because if you just asked me, you know, coming into high school or college about Rudy Giuliani prior to any of this with the Trump administration, I would have put put him down as a pretty admirable dude. And yeah. good God now. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think too, what's, what's interesting is, is uh, uh, as far as politics is concerned, that the political system we have is, is completely irrespons- irresponsible, unresponsive yes. to what we want to do. When I say we, I'm not saying me, the, me, me and the professor, me, right? Me Who, as a liberal, as a colloquial, but, but as, as as a society. Yeah. And of course, you have a situation now where we have this investigation of what actually went on uh, on January sixth. Yeah, they're locking people okay, up. Okay. <laughs> they're they're locking people up, but they're not they're not locking people up who, for long enough. For for for. Whom it could be said were actually the people who well, organized the thing. Uh, you know, it's been it's been uh, two years. Okay, it's been two years, uh, and I I just laugh when I he- when I see uh, the special prosecutor thing, because to me it's it's an attempt to avoid doing something. 
to me, it's an attempt to uh, uh, keep stringing the thing out and keep stringing the thing out. Right. Uh, I think if there are not any indictments in this thing, uh, I think you can kiss kiss goodbye the American system of justice completely. It will have no it will have no credibility. It right. doesn't have a lot of credibility right As now. As it is, but what's interesting is the most likely uh, 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 indictments are probably going to come from Georgia, from Fonnie Willis, who's the the uh, district attorney of Fulton County. Uh, the the grand jury has finished up. Uh, she seemed to be pretty clear yesterday in what she was saying that there will be, there are going to be indictments. And I'm thinking to myself, you have this woman who, from all evidence, is a dedicated prosecutor right. from, a, from a county in Georgia with maybe one thousandth of the resources of the FBI, the Justice Department, and she's the one that and has to. And she's she's the one that's doing this because no because no one but else. Sir, I thought we were the country of law and order. Well, <laughs> well, you know, it, it it it's really you know it's really mortifying if you really think about it. Right. You know where you have all these resources, and the resources are not are not being applied uh, either because people are afraid to apply them. Or they think it'll go away, you or know, or even worse that the the point is moot, right? That there's no even if they do do yeah, anything, yeah. it 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 really makes you wonder. I yeah. mean, just a quickie uh, on this that uh, uh, Doug Lyman, the guy who did uh, Jason Bourne uh, movies, right? He's come out with a new documentary on Kavanaugh, interesting, which uh, will soon be available for release, including apparently a lot of information that was buried when the initial investigation was supposed to be done by the FBI and they didn't do it. Well, so there you go. Well, there you go. Something to look forward. Well, maybe not look forward to, but at least be interested in as it comes out in the next coming weeks. Uh, we do want to thank you for tuning in with us this Thursday. A little reminder that we are taking emails. We'll take requests for anything you want to see the professor and I discuss or anything, any sort of questions you might have about the show or what we're doing here. So you can go ahead and send those emails out to me. My email address is W-E-T-H-E-L. One, that is the number one at unlv.nevada.edu. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to our show. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us at Wethel1, that's W-E-T-H-E-L-1, at nevada.unlv.edu. Or to contact Professor Charles Stanton, contact him at C-H-A-R-L-E-S, that's Charles.Stanton, S-T-A-N-T-O-N, at unlv.edu. See you, See you next, next time. time.